0: I'm going to come introduce you sometime. It's like it, it, he always says the nicest things. And, and uh, I'm all, always, almost always back there going, God, please let me do what you want me to do. Please let me um, be pleasing to you and bring honor to you and to him and to this house. God is so faithful. Is he not faithful in our lives? He's so good, and I absolutely love, love, love this passage of Scripture, and I think it's the most amazing thing that God would place this one on Father's Day because of something that He has done in my life that that I was going to use the word I'm so excited to tell you about, but... Um, I think fear was, <laughs> fear and trembling would be kind of more accurate, but the work of God is so complete and so total. Can I tell you today that some of you are going to be healed today? Can I tell you today that some of you are going to step across a line into a more beautiful season because of the work of God in this house today? I'm just going to tell you, some of you are going to leave healed. Not because of what I say, but because of what God has to say to your hearts today. Amen. Anybody willing to go there with me? Oh, you brave souls. Why don't we stand up and read the scripture? Just a couple of short ones, actually. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Leaves in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And we're going to read one other small passage that totally relates to where we're going. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. Your well-being like the waves of the sea. A oh, Father. I am so enamored. <laughs> of these waters of which you speak, God. I am so just caught up, Father, in these rivers that run from the throne room. I am so blessed, Father, to know that truly the streams of the Lord are full in this house, God. And and I'm so grateful for this living water. And today I ask, Father, as we come under your hand and into your presence, Father, I ask that you breathe life and I ask that there be a release of your water in this house, God, in such a way, Father, that there is a disruption within us, Father. I thank you for the work of the water. I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. So, Father, we anticipate your move and we lean in. Father, I pray that they would forget everything I say that has nothing, no bearing on their life. But, Father, I pray that your words stick and produce fruit. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Amen. I love this passage of scripture and and I don't know why, but I am kind of this water girl, me and Adam Sandler. But I am just kind of this I don't know what it is that God did in my life, but everything that has to anything to do with water in the word, it is a magnet to me. Water in the word is my 6 degrees of Kevin Bacon. You find a you give me any Story in the word, and I will find a way to bring it back to the river's edge. That's just something that God has done in me, and and if I hear any form of water in the word, it just awakens my spirit. It's just that that is a trigger. That is a key word for me, and so when I, I saw that this was rivers of living water, and it was on Father's Day, I just went, "Oh God, rivers and fathers, really." This is just too good because the first thing that hit my mind that came to my mind was a memory of me and my father, my favorite memory of my father and I. And, and I was about seven years old and, and he used to go fishing every Saturday morning and I wanted to go with him. So on Friday evening I said, dad, I I want to go fishing with you in the morning, and he did what I believe a lot of fathers do. They say yes, but they give an obstacle that almost makes it impossible. And um, so he said, "Okay, honey, you can go, but I'm leaving at 4:30. So if you want to go, you got to be up and ready at 4:30 in the morning." And I thought, "Oh, I can do that. I just won't go to sleep tonight."
1: <laughs>
0: and so I made sandwiches. And there I was sitting in the dark on the sofa at 4.30 when he thought he was going to sneak out the front door. There's nothing like getting up at 4.30, I'm sure, 4.30 in the morning and getting ready to walk out the door and hearing somebody go, Daddy! (laughs) Oh, I'm pretty sure he stopped himself from saying something he shouldn't have. But he... But I, and, and the heart attack seceded. It just kind of went away a little bit. And so I went fishing with him. I'm the only one of my four sisters that got to go fishing with him. And it was the most fabulous thing. And I think for the first time, it's like I just really saw him. I saw him peaceful. And I saw him happy. And he was content. And, and he was laughing with me and laughing at me. And and I will admit that there were a lot of this, shh, Barbie, barish, Barbie, barish, Barbie, shh, Barbie, shh, Barbie, shh. <laughs> Barbie A lot of that might have happened, but, but I was so excited and I had questions about everything and I thought that was what fishing was about. And it was just the most marvelous thing and, and he was the most amazing dad. In those moments. And can I tell you something? When we left that riverbank, I was muddy. My converse were dirty. Yes, I was a tomboy and I still have tendencies. But I was such a daddy's girl. And I was muddy and I had streaked face and I had worms in my hands. And it was fabulous. And when we left that riverbank, the stringer, every single hook on the stringer was full. And so when we walked up in the yard and he held one end of the stringer and I held the other end of the stringer and he tells everybody, look what we caught. in, In my mind, I'm thinking, I didn't catch one of those. Hey, but I took part in it. I was there and I thought, oh, he gave me credit for what he did. And I thought, how, this is just the most amazing man in the world. And I was so, just so captivated by who he was. Just the most marvelous, so much respect for him. And in that moment in my life, there was this river, this consistent flow from this river of God that just ran through my life. There was no disruption. There were no boulders. There was nothing to, to stop that flow in my life. There was this uninterrupted river in my life and it was fabulous. It was just so good. God is so good. Um, When the word speaks of rivers of living water that word rivers. I love that he said rivers. I love that he speaks of the Holy Spirit flowing through our life in such a way that he says it is like rivers of living water. Rivers are so unique. I mean, there are so many bodies of water that the word speaks of, but rivers are so unique. Rivers always have a, a, a unique source they always have a defined course, and they always have a mouth or an out- outlet. They have a destination. For rivers, the destination, the ultimate destination is oceans. And, and I couldn't help but think as I was studying that, I thought, so is ours. You know, we sing this song about oceans, and, and we sing this song about this the ultimate destinations, the places that God takes us. The work of the river in our lives is just just transformative. These rivers, I mean, when God defines this specific river, when he says out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, this river is always at flood stage. I love that about him. I love that it speaks of torrents and it talks about strength and it, and it goes on to define it talking about there's life in this water and there's blessing in this water and there's construction in this water. There's a moving force and see this river of God. Sometimes we look at the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and we attribute to it such a calm nature and see the work of the Holy Spirit isn't always calm. Calm. The work of the Holy Spirit is transformative because the, wor- the work of the Holy Spirit is the delivery of the word. It is a, a calling to remembrance. There's the, when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, if you think about it, scripture tells us that we don't even have to take thought about what we will say here or what we will say there because the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance those things that we need in that time. And so when it speaks of the Holy Spirit being a river, I think of his effect, the way he has flowed through my life, the transformation that he has made in my life from beginning to end. To me, it is seamless, and it is a river that runs through my life. I did steal the title for today's message from a movie, A River Runs Through It, because it just seemed so appropriate. Norman McLean, the author of A River Runs Through It, wrote, Eventually all things merge into one and a river runs through it a river cut by the world's great floods that runs over rocks from the basement of time on some of the rocks are timeless raindrops and under the rocks are the words it says i am haunted by waters and I just thought, you know what, this river that runs through my life, this consistent move of the Holy Spirit, this consistent flow, you know, when it's describing this flow in the word, when it, when it breaks it down to rail, and it is the only time in the word that this specific kind of flow is mentioned in the word. And it's just this overflowing riverbank kind of flood that God does in our life. I find it quite amazing. He's so faithful and he's so good, and his timing is perfect. Has, has anybody ever noticed how perfect his timing is? Scripture tells us, in Ecclesiastes 2:11, that he makes all things beautiful in their time. See, to us, sometimes the timing isn't perfect. Sometimes we feel like God is late, but let me tell you something, God is not slow, and He's not swift. is perfectly on time. Every single time, every work that he does is, is exactly when it should be. And so I'm always struck by his timing. When I read the word, I'm always struck by the things that he says, but I'm also very struck by when he says them. In God, when is important because God always chooses the moment of greatest fruitfulness he, the moment of greatest effect, if you if you look at the way that he delivered his message to humanity, it is always perfectly timed with the most uh, powerful impact. And so, when I was reading this passage, and it said, "Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water," I almost enlisted enlist, Justin's help in this one because it says on the last day, the last and most important day of the feast. What feast? The Feast of Tabernacles. This is during the, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you know anything about the feast that, that Israel observed, the Feast of Tabernacles was a recognition of the journey that the children of Israel had taken through the wilderness, it speaks of the, the small huts that they lived in. It speaks of the provision that God made for them. And it is all about the harvest, the way that God has always provided for them. But at the core of the Feast of Tabernacles, there is a prophetic core to it that cries out for the coming Messiah and the final harvest. So, here he is. You know, one of the things I love about it, during this festival, during this feast, there's a procession every single day. God is just so, just so smart. He's so much wiser than him. There's this procession, and it's led by priests. And this is going on thousands of years. And and this priest carries a golden pitcher and it is full, filled with water that's been drawn from the pool of Siloam. And that pool of Siloam means of the one cent. And behind him is another priest with another pitcher and it's full of wine. And so every day they make this procession with all of these followers and they go to make their offering. and, And the first priest pours out the water on the altar and the second priest pours out the wine. On the altar where else in the world do we hear water and wine? Where else do we hear but the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of Messiah, the coming of the sending of the holy spirit is is depicted in this, and so in the middle of this time that 's when we hear Jesus say at that point in time where they where, where they're reaching toward the future and, and trying to prophesy about the water and the wine. It is at that time that he says. If anyone is thirsty, it doesn't say he whispered to the people next to him. It says he cried with a loud voice. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes on me, he who believes in me in this way, I will give rivers of living water. In what way? In what way do we need to believe in him according to what the scripture says now? Now I'm getting ready to say something that you might agree with, you might not agree with. But to me. Christ came and brought so many messages. There are so many teachings in the Word. There are so many rich moments in the Word. But when I look at the words of Christ from the very first word that He spoke until the very last words that He spoke, in me, what I see is one seamless conversation. One seamless three-year conversation with humanity. What I see when I read his words, when you erase all of the other and you just read his words, what I see is this seamless flow from the heart of God toward us. So when I read, if you will believe in me in this way, I'm going to automatically go back and go in what way? Well, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ronnie was teaching. See, he says, come to me and drink. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ronnie was teaching and he was teaching about how if when Jesus was telling his disciples, Unless you drink of me, and unless you eat of me, I have no part. In you, And so when I see this, and I know that only a few verses before... I mean, Jesus wasn't quoting uh, the, the number of chapter titles and verses. Uh, and I can look and see, oh, okay. He's saying if we eat of Him and drink of Him, if we participate, if we partake of His Word, and His Word becomes a part of us, and if we drink from those cups of salvation, and if we access the blood of Christ... In our life, as we do those things, as we eat of him, as we drink from him, these rivers of living water begin to flow through our lives. And they are seamless. And they are perfect. And they do the work of a river. I just love that he said rivers. Because, you know, what's funny to me is when people think they can tame rivers. That you can, right up until the river decides otherwise. You know, I just the strength and the power of the source of the river. And I just kind of want to share with you for just a few minutes the work of this river in my life over the last three and a half years. Seriously. Because today I'm going to be a spiritual That—that That that is one who studies rivers, by the way. And um, I just want to share with you just some of the attributes of this river and what he's been doing in my life. What this river of God there's this aspect of a river. It's called vertical erosion. Yeah. Vertical erosion. And I, I want to actually read you the quote, what it says about it. It is a work of a river that's done in the beginning up at the closest source. Because, see, sometimes, sometimes there can be an obstacle in the river. And because of the goodness of the source of the river... The water will go over it and around it and play around it and it'll smooth off the edges and it'll take so much off of that. But there comes a point in time when a boulder needs to move if it is obstructing the flow of what the river wants to do. And so the only time that this takes uh, place is in a process called vertical erosion. And let me read this to you. And you got to think spirit here, guys, okay? It says, in most cases, the higher your elevation the closer you are to the source of the river this is a physical but think spiritual and the closer you are to the source the greater the strength of the flow and the greater the strength of the flow the greater the vertical erosion <laughs> and it is only in the powerful closely sourced flow of vertical erosion that you can find the dislodging suspension and disbursement of boulders or large stones so what that tells me is that as you are moving toward him, as you are moving in your life toward the source, as you are moving toward the source of this river and, and, and your life is being uh, drawn toward him, there are going to be some displacements in your life. Things are gonna take place as you draw near to him, as you take as you begin to fall in love with him. And the Lord began to show me, he has done so much healing in my lives, guys. Seriously. When Pastor Ronnie said last week, you know, I know that Father's Day isn't great for some of you. I could just see my my face etched in his brain in that in that moment because I've walked with him for a long time now, and he's a very discerning person. But, but in all honesty, it doesn't take a really discerning person to know that for a long time I had some father issues. I mean, but most of y'all are probably writing in your journal, Barbie really needs to pray about. <laughs> but, um, and, but God's healing has been so wonderful. What I have found is that very often, and I think I've said this to you guys before, very often, and it's scriptural, God will use what broke you to fix you. Sin came through one man, forgiveness of sin through another. And so, a lot of times, and I'll speak to the ladies because I am one, and a lot of times, girls, when a man breaks it, God will use a man to fix it. And, um, and that's kind of what happened when my father left. Here's, you know, up until this point in time in my life, and I know my story is not unique. I know that you all have your own stories, but I just want to share with you what God has done. Um, about fourth grade, uh, he left. He was a pastor of a church. We were, um, it was just, it was just the craziest time ever in my life because when he left, we were completely displaced. My mom and my sisters and I, it's like, um, we had nowhere to go. We had no income. We had nothing. And, and when he left, this void. I mean, just this unbelievable void just hit me in this, this rock settled into the center of my stomach that I don't think it just, it's one of those things that you realize when it's there and then you, it just becomes normal. And from the fourth grade on, he wasn't in my life. He was around somewhere, but he wasn't in my life. And and when he would say he was going to be in my life, he wouldn't show up, or he just wouldn't be there, or he just he what he would tell me he didn't do. And so what that did to me as a young woman is that um, I became extremely distrustful. I didn't believe men. I had no reference. I mean, seriously, I had no reference for integrity in my life. I was in a house full of girls with a matriarchal grandmother, and, and our frame of reference was what happened to us, and, and so I didn't trust, and I thought guys lied, and and I had real issues for a long time, and, and so when God decided it was time to bring healing into my life, just the most wonderful thing, he sent Hal into my life, and... I'll be honest. I kept waiting for him to lie, and even more so, I kept waiting for him to leave, because in my experience, if you made a man mad, he left. And so I kept waiting on those things. And I, and I in all honesty, I would push his buttons. I know that shocks you, but um, <laughs> but I would, I, I would, I would push his buttons to see if he was a runner. 32 years later, those shackles on his ankles still work. (laughs) 32 years later, and you know what? I feel guilty saying this because I literally sat in my office trying to think of something bad. Because I wanted, I I was trying to think just one time, Lord, remind me of one time when he said he was going to do something that he didn't do. I can't remember one time in 32 years that he hasn't done what he said he was gonna do. Where did you come from? I mean, seriously, it just, God so mended that in my heart. He he so fixed that. and, And now the beautiful thing is that I expect truth. It's like he just shifted that thing in me. But so abundantly does our God move. You know he is the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask. And so he didn't stop with that healing. In 1991, he brought us here. And God began to just... Oh my goodness, I just, I, it just blows my mind sometimes the way that God heals. His healing, His level of healing is so much greater than your level of brokenness. Can I tell you that? In this river that always overflows its banks, His healing is always more than you need always abundance. And so he sent me to this church and really the first person that I was in relationship with here, uh, on, on a a real level was pastor Wayne. And he became such a father to me. Oh, he would speak these scriptures and, and I would want to put on my roller skates and leave. And he would just be continued to pour into me and pour into me. And he would rebuke me and he would point me toward Christ and he would point me toward uh, the truth. And sometimes I would love it. And sometimes I would resent it. And it was such a father thing. God gave me this spiritual father. And then he gave me Pastor Ronnie. And I, I, you know what? It's so hard to define. I know Pastor Bruce is my uncle. <laughs> I know there, the way he speaks into my life is with the ease and the peace of an uncle. He looks really confused right now <laughs> but he's just he holds this place in my life where he just he can he can hit me with precision truth and go do what he's done. But Pastor Ronnie has just been he is this mentor and he's this brother that I never had and He's this this friend and and I just I just don't even know what to do with that level of restoration. And then, and then, he sits me in this room with 16 elders. He sits me in this room, gives me the favor, just shows me such great favor to allow me to sit in this room with these 16 men of God who do not run, who just do what God tells them to do. Men of integrity, men of honor. I am so surrounded by godly men. And, and one day I went, God, what are you doing? I mean, you have healed this place so long ago you healed this. And he spoke to my spirit and he said, I'm repaying you for the years that the locusts have eaten. Yeah. Who does that? You have this God who wants to not only restore you, but repay you and rebuild you. This God. And he sends this work of the river. And so that would have been enough. That would have been enough. But then, it was time for a little more vertical erosion in my life. I was trying to draw closer to God. I was in one of those seasons. On August 25, 2010, Mary Hendrickson passed away. And um, you know what? I have been to military services in my life. Um, but sitting there in that room... Just something about her, just something about the way that they honored her. And I was sitting in that room, and they had folded the flag and they had played taps, and there had been so much dignity, so much. It was just, it was overwhelming to me. I couldn't breathe. Because, see, in that moment, God was dislodging a boulder in my life. And it went into this place of suspension. (laughs) And I could not get to my car fast enough because all I could think in that moment, all I could think, all I could think was, God, did they honor him? Because, see, my father was a Marine in the Korean War. And because of where we were at that point in time, I wasn't there when they buried him. And I'm ashamed to say that I didn't even know where he was buried. And so when they were honoring Mary, all I could think was, God, did they honor him? Because I so want them to honor him. It was so important to me because God had shifted something in my life. And it was just important. I wanted to know because I know that he was proud of that. And so I drove home. It's like I just didn't hardly even see. And I got home and I was like, what's going on? And I said, oh, honey, I don't know if they honored my father. I just, I don't know if they did. And it was just so much. It was so important to me that they did. But there was nothing I could do about it. I couldn't change it. So I went to the Lord and, and I just took those things and I laid them down at the river's edge and I just went, God, I pray that they honored him. But God, it's so important. That word just kept hitting my spirit. I want to know that they honored him. And so, oh Jesus, help. about three weeks later, we had one of our Mondays. He's off on Monday. I'm off on Monday. And so, you know, sometimes we'll go drive and sometimes we'll just, you know, we'll go do this or we'll work at the house, but Mondays are our day. And so we grabbed a bottle of water that morning and we went and got in the truck and, and, uh, just took off driving and, And I was distracted and he was, you know, we were just doing what we do. Nothing seemed unusual. And we jumped on the interstate on I-40 and I'm thinking, woohoo, we're going to Gatlinburg. (laughs) You know, and then I was thinking, well, we're going to Gatlinburg. Well, you know, and then my mind starts wondering and I'm thinking about the sinks up in Gatlinburg and how goofball over there used to jump off the rocks. And I would just pray to Jesus that he would surface you know, and so my mind is going a, a thousand directions and I'm just not paying a whole lot of attention and and then he pulls off the road, he pulls off the interstate, and he starts taking these back roads, and again, I'm just not paying attention until he slows down and his blinker comes on and he's gonna make a left hand turn and I look up and there is a military cemetery. My husband had found him. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know what, what strings he pulled, what government programs he violated in order to make it happen. <laughs> but we pulled into that military cemetery and I looked up on the hill and there's a soldier in dress blues just walking back and forth. And in my heart, I wasn't saying anything because I really couldn't speak because I was just kind of being overtaken by that river at the moment. And, and he comes around to the car, but in my mind I'm thinking, oh, they have somebody on guard. <laughs> they have somebody watching over this the soldiers. And how came around to the side of the truck and walked me over to my father's grave that I had never seen. And I saw his name in there and I saw his service to the Marines and everything. That that boulder that had been in my life, that thing that that was crying out, honor him. It just it just Broke up in my life and this influx of water just hit my spirit. And about that time, the the soldier up on the hillside begins to play taps. And everything in me just came undone. Because they were honoring him. They were honoring him. And so this soldier that I didn't know at the time, Hal had called some department and they had sent him from Nashville. And so he said, then he's playing taps and then he walks down and he brings the flag to me and he presents it to me and he says, thank you for your father's service. (laughs) And it was just the most amazing thing because see what I needed in my life was to honor my father. I had I loved him I cared for him but what I needed for me to move forward was to obey the command of God that said honor your father and your mother it doesn't say if you have a good dad honor him it doesn't say if he does everything right honor him he says honor your father and your mother and I shifted into obedience at that time and something in my heart just broke free. And so you need to honor your parents. It doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship with them. It doesn't mean you have to go backward, but in order for you to stand clean before God and to operate and move the way that he wants you to move, we got to honor them. We got to honor them. This is not about respect. Respect. This is not about loving them. This is about a position in your heart. This is an act that you take on. It is an obedience to God that brings you into right relationship with our heavenly father. And restores you. Whether or not the relationship between you and your father is ever totally fixed. You are in right standing with God. And in you, your relationship is corrected. And it's in alignment. I needed that and I didn't even know that I needed it. Can I get some prayer people? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to run over late. But I I, I know that I know that I know that there are some people here who need to shift who needs this to come out of your life who need this boulder to be moved in fact some of you it's been suspended for a while and you've been trying to deal with whether or not you will allow him to remove this because you feel like if you let it go then it didn't matter and that that what they did the offense that they committed is no longer important that's not what this is about this is about you and god and you being whole and you being healed amen male and female. This is not just a woman message. Guys, I just heard in my spirit, I heard it in first service. uh, You are holy, you are mighty. Tammy, if you don't mind. I heard in my first spirit, this is for the sons. This is for the sons. And I heard in my spirit, there are some who are still in battle with your father. You are still, there's still this tug of war, this, this pull that's going on. And it stops today. It stops today. This is your season. This is your beautiful season. So if you are one of those and you need to just allow Him to roll it oh, away, thank you. <laughs> if you need Him to roll this away and bring healing in that, this is your day. Can you stand with me? And all I can say is come, come and let God do the work that He wants to do in this. Father, we submit to you this time, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for the work of the river. I thank you, Father, that even now you are sending your Holy Spirit, God, and you are drawing, Father, those who need healing, who need to be set free and made whole in this area, God. I thank you. It is a wonderful Father's Day because of who this Father is. And I thank you, Father, for healing that is coming in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are holy, you
1: are mine.
0: not need healing and for that you should just rejoice and thank God for the parents that he gave you. Just bless him because there is none in all the heavens like this guy. Jesus others just came and shared. He said, the Lord had laid on his heart really strongly that there might be some confession that needs to take place, whether as a father or related to your relationship as a father. And um, Dawn on that end would be happy to pray with you, to intercede with you regarding that. Whatever your issue might be. what a Breathe really? This morning, He will complete in you. So whatever seed He has planted, whatever stone He has rolled away, whatever disruption has taken place in your heart today, in that riverbed of your life, He is going to complete the work. So watch for Him. Listen for the words of Christ rolling through your spirit, bringing you toward healing, toward God you extend your hands. I'm going to offer a blessing and then we are going to fellowship outside these doors and respect the work of the Holy Spirit in the altar. May the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ pour into you the concept of sonship. May the Father God continue to teach you about fatherhood in those things that you would be whole and sound, a child of God, honoring your Father, moving in peace because of your obedience to His will. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and they all said, Amen. Bless you, Lord.